Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. Today, I had the privilege of interviewing my little sister, Tamar Garnick. She is actually has a really interesting story, and you might know her as um, a from female actress in Malky Weingarten's videos. She was recently the lead role in, in Malky's last video called Hush Hush, and that was um, a movie about a very... Um, highly achiever woman in the from community who was really struggling with mental illness and because of the stigma and the shame she really didn't want to get help and it was like an amazing film and obviously I was shopping a lot of knockoffs from watching my sister play that role but she is a very talented actress she um we went to different high schools but she went to high school in Philadelphia where she currently lives now she moved just recently moved there from Lakewood and um I, I think I ended up missing her plays in high school, but she was like the lead in, in many roles and she was, everybody loved her and she's just really funny and she's bright and interesting to listen to. And we all le- <laughs> spend a lot of time surrounding her at home and making us all laugh. So I think you will enjoy this episode. And she's she's not only funny, she's very bright and she's very animated and she has a lot of really interesting things to share. So we definitely touch upon her role as a firm actress as well as um, a, a lot of talking about um, values in the firm world in terms of body image and dieting and how that um, how that's like an, a really important thing to to unpack and understand. Um, yeah, I think you'll really enjoy the episode. Uh, if you're looking for more episodes like this or you're looking to work with me one-on-one, go to my website, www.gilaglassberg.com, and I actually am running my next four-week course that will be starting in March. So if you're interested, you could um, always reach out to me via email, gilaglasper18 at gmail.com, or you could actually contact me right through my website, www.gilaglasper.com. Okay, have a great day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I have Tamar Garnick. Hi, Tamar. Hi. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks for being a really good sister and joining me. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So tell the listeners, where do you live and what do you do? Okay, so I am Tamar Garnick. I live in Philly with my husband and my son, Zachy. And I am an actor and a teacher. Okay, let's start with the act. 
actor role. Um, so what does that mean that you're an actor? Like, do you so, act every day? Like, are you becoming famous? Where do so you I act? am famous currently. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so basically, I always had a passion for acting and um, wasn't always able to channel that passion into something specific. But when I got a little bit older, I was able to find different outlets um, that worked for me in the firm community that I was able to do it in a kosher way that kind of made it that I could still find myself and express myself in this art. Um, so I have been in a few of Maki Weingarten's movies um, and a, a few other movies and I've done a few advertisements and I also teach acting to kids, teens and women. And yeah, I'm always, always growing. I'm still taking, I'm still taking acting lessons now. I'm always growing in my acting, always trying to get better and stronger at it. That's really cool. Yeah. You always knew that you wanted to like do acting in some capacity, like when you were like five, three, like when you were really little, people used to say like, oh, you're such a good actress or you were just like dramatic little kid. So, well, I always wanted to be a singer. Cause like everyone in our family always sings, but I always thought I had the best voice when I was like three. <laughs> and you do have a very good voice. So do you. <laughs> and Should we um, sing on the podcast? No. <laughs> That's for the after party. Um, yeah, basically I always, always was very dramatic. And I remember when I was little being like, in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be like a rock star when I get older. Like I didn't think there was totally. anything in my way. Oh, of and course, then, totally. Right? And then like, I was always the dramatic one and like the funnier one. And my, my mommy was always like, do, do that, do that thing. Do the one with the, everyone left, do the one. <laughs> so like, I kind of was just always being like silly and doing all those kinds of dramatic things. So I always, I always enjoyed it. And I was actually always in plays as, as a little kid. I, I remember my first play, I was Gretel and Hansel and Gretel. Um, I don't remember that. Which, how old are you? I was really little. I was in UHI. I was probably like four. Yeah. And I still remember that. Um, did you have stage was, fright? Like, did you ever have stage fright? No. I love being on stage. Really? You don't get like jitters or like can't sleep the night before? No, I, I get anxious, but like a good anxious, like a hyped up. Right. Like adrenaline. Yeah. Yes. Like major adrenaline. I love being on stage. It, well, you're like an extrovert, right? Yeah, I would say so. But yeah. also it's different because stage acting and, and movie acting is so different. I haven't been on stage in so long. Since how, started, how is it different? Like, I don't know anything about acting. How is How would you say those are different? So so movie act, film acting is you you get the script and you, you study it and you figure out, you develop your character. And then when you go on set, you do the scene and they say cut. You know what I mean? They take clips, right? So right. you have to... It's not like you're live in front of people. They say, sometimes also you do the scenes backwards. So it's not like the flow is different. Right. And like, it's not like that immediate instant gratification of like the audience seeing you and like clapping and laughing. Right. It's, it's very different. And it's like, it's more choppy. Like you do one scene and they're like, okay, cut. Okay. Do it again. So you right. have to do the exact same thing again. You might even have to do it 12, 15, 20 times. I just did a film something. We literally had to do a take maybe 90 times. 90 it was so annoying oh my god but we could not get it because we were walking as they were filming so we 
they kept on getting, they kept on like tripping because there was stuff behind them. So each time we had to just keep doing it again and again and again. So like in that way, it like takes away some of that like genuine. It's fun, but yeah, it takes away that genuine hype of being on stage. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, but I love it. It's so fun. (laughs) Which one do you prefer? It's a good question. I think I prefer stage acting actually. Because then you get the feedback. Yeah, and it's just more like spontaneous. Did you ever think about like, I, I know like you're not really on Instagram anymore, but did you ever think about like doing your own, like, you know, the Malky show? She yeah, just, I just saw it's it. It's so yeah. cute. It's so, it looks like, really cute. It's such a good idea. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's definitely like up and coming from actresses now. Like, did you ever, do you ever think about like using your strengths for your own like business type of thing? Or like, I know you're teaching acting, but like, I don't know, like your own show type of thing? Um, yeah, I mean, my goal is to be able to continue in my acting and then eventually maybe even eventually okay. maybe even um, do my own. <laughs> my nephew, Zachy. Zachy was supposed to be asleep. We can't, I don't know we how can't see him right now. We can't see the, co- the co-host. Here, okay, Zachy, go to daddy, okay? Say hi. Okay, say bye. I love you. You have to go to the <laughs> He came out of his room. <laughs> Thank you have to go. To bed. <laughs> he knows his mom is famous. Okay, so what were you talking about? Before oh, if I would want to do something with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my goal is to continue on in my acting and and actually be in like not just Jewish things. That that would be my goal because at the end of the day, I always wanted to be a real actress in a real movie. Um and everyone loves to say like that's so not gonna happen it's impossible there's nothing you can do to make it that they're gonna not film on Saturday you're gonna have to not dress see us everything people love to like tell me all their ways that it's just not gonna happen and in my head I'm like well if this is my dream I'm not gonna not do it just because people are trying to scare me out of it right I have to put my best foot forward and at least try and okay if I get rejected a few times then I'll know that I did my best, but that's where I really, that's what I, I really feel like that's my goal. Um, we talked, did we ever talk about this? Um, the, the books written by Jen Sincero. I think it was Jen Sincero. Um, she talks about like how, like you celebrate your failures or something like that. Like, like there's so much of that stuff in the entrepreneurial world that like, like people are so discouraged by like other people's opinions. So they're like, oh, like, Oh, like one in every 95 businesses, whatever. Every, every, like 95% of businesses fail, like small businesses or whatever. So people don't even try. Right. So, so there are, or like, let's say authors. Like, I don't know if you've ever read um, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. I didn't read it, no. She's like a really famous author. And she talks a lot about that in her writing, like how she was rejected like thousands of times or hundreds of times. And like, she would like hang up her, rejection letters like as like everyone's like one step closer like I think that's where people sort of give up because of all the rejection and that's like that the people who don't give up like right. succeed, you know right it's, it's a good point yeah I feel like it's so easy to get discouraged and um I mean even in the acting school remember I was I got accepted to American Musical and Dramatic Academy in the city and I called them right after seminary to be like hey I'm, I'm coming 
I just want to make sure that there's not going to be this and this on Saturday and that I won't be able to do this and this. And I hope that's that's okay. And the administration literally said, like, I'm sorry, but we can't accommodate you in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't go. So right. that was like, for me, that was like, okay, I guess like, that's it. Like, I can't do it. And right. now with all of the from people who are, I mean, it's amazing. Like everything that's going on with all of the people who are coming out of the woodwork, like so many talent, talented people, it's crazy. There's actually a chance now. I really feel like there is, there's, there's so much more talent out there. I totally hear that. So you want to be in a real movie? I mean, I would love to. I can't wait to hear what people have to say about that. But right, right. Well, this will be our my most watched podcast. You know, like the actress, my sister, who's an actress. No, but people really know who you are. Um, well, we were we were talking recently about how you spoke for Cheskinu. Right. Can we talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, Cheskinu is an organization that helps um, women who are struggling with mental illness and their fam- like family members. And I I actually also spoke for them maybe like one or two years ago on the topic of like intuitive eating and um and I had to have a list on the podcast and I oh that's so nice yeah I saw that she posted that you were speaking I was like you know that's my that's my sister and she's like oh my god that's so cute like she like loves you and I heard that there was like really really good feedback um so could you tell us like uh the the last movie that you did with Malky Weingarten was called Hush Hush and that was about like a uh, uh, like well-respected principal in the community who was struggling with mental illness, right? Yeah, she was a um, she was like a businesswoman. Yeah. So, so how did you feel about like like taking on that role, or and what was like the feedback like? So, well, first of all, it was amazing speaking for Cheskino. I thought it was the most warm group of women. Like, I was just it was on a Zoom, and I still I felt such an embrace from the audience. Totally. It was yeah, it was so special. I felt really, I felt so uplifted by them. Um, so yes, it's about so Hush Hush is a movie directed by Malky Weingarten, directed and written by Malky Weingarten, where I play a woman named Zahava, who is um a very put together, dynamic businesswoman. She owns her own company. Um, she has three kids and she's on it. She makes money, she she takes care of her kids. She, she, she's put together. Um, and inside she's slowly falling apart. She has, um, she has developing anxiety and, um, panic attacks. And then it slowly spirals into paranoia where she believes that she's not safe in her home and her phones aren't safe. So they're, they're being bugged and she's afraid that the government is watching her. She's always closing her curtains. At one point in the movie, she goes outside and covers her windows in tinfoil, which is to, to like stop the rays from coming in, which is really something that people with paranoia suffer from. Um, and it was basically like developing into this, into this paranoia. Um, and yeah, it was a really interesting role to play. I did a lot of research. Um, I tried to, I really wanted to portray it in a true way because this is something that a lot of people can relate to. And this was an eye opener for the firm community. It's something that's literally so hush hush that people are so afraid to open up about and to God forbid say that they suffer from a mental illness. It, people are, are so afraid it's gonna like ruin their reputation, get them like shunned from the community. And here we are with tons of people who have mental illnesses. 
it's not it's not something that they should be ashamed of and it's also a real thing it's not a you know what i mean it's it's a real thing that we have to deal with we can't just shove it under the rug so yeah it, it was it was very powerful and i learned a lot and it's just it was a really good it was a really good way to show everyone that you never know what someone's going through on the inside people can look really put together and really need help and support um and it's okay to need help and support you know that's what we're here for and it's not something that you run away from like she and her, herself was too afraid to get help mm-hmm. Zahava was too afraid so she just basically the plot was that her husband passed away and when her husband passed away she kind of just had like a breakdown and never really returned and she was like on go mode from the day her husband passed away so years and years and years of just going and going and going and trying to be the best that you can could really have a negative effect on someone and and she basically broke she broke and it just shows that you never know what people are going through people can look like they're happy and they're really not happy totally was it like were you like guided how to like sort of like embody that role did you feel like you were you know how they say like really good actors like they they really get into character like they really like you said before like try to embody that character like did you did you feel like you were afraid to do that or did you feel like guided to do that did you feel like you were able to use any of like your own life experiences to like embody that character yeah so I used the that, the method I used was method acting which is basically what you said using your own life experiences to connect to the experiences of the character so the first thing that I had to do obviously I'm a little bit of a perfectionist I when it comes to acting I had to write an entire background on Zahava I made her up I created her there had to be a past present and a future there had to be what made her be how she is there had to be um what makes her tick what would she do there's like a what there's something called a what if um theory that you're supposed to do when you're developing a character that every single what if that could possibly happen to your character you would know what that character would do just like a human being because you have to be them right like if I would know what would happen if I if I would do something in a situation I'd have to know what Zahava would do in that situation as well so it's basically using your own personal experiences to 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 drudge up they call it drudging up feelings that to drudge up the feelings that will come out from the from the experiences that you've experienced and the character it's almost like you mesh them together and you become this character and it was really hard um it was it took a lot of research i watched so many videos um, I spoke to a lot of people. I tried to speak to people who work with people with mental illnesses and people who experience mental illnesses because I wanted to get it from two different sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to portray it in an honest way. That's acting is, you know, telling the story. Right. Yeah. So it was it was really hard, especially the parts where um, Zahava had a lot of self-destructive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And... I told myself if I want to, so because I was using method acting, right? I would take a few minutes every time before we started filming to really, really think in my mind, okay, be in the place that Zahava's in. What am I going through right now? There was one scene where she she was paranoid that one of her friends was kidnapping her daughter. And the friend called her, called her and said, I can't find your daughter. She was out walking with my 
with my daughter and I can't find her. And Zahava in her head literally believed that the lady was kidnapping her daughter and pretending not to know. Mm-hmm. So I had to think in my head, what would I feel like? Have I ever had a situation where I was so scared of someone in my life being taken from me or someone lying to me and knowing that they're not telling the truth? And, and I had to like feel that, drudge it up and be inside of that feeling and let it like explode. And then I was like, okay, ready. And then we would do the take. So what did you, what did you think of? I was thinking of um, times in my life when I felt like someone was trying to trick me or um, I was thinking about Zachy, my son. I was just thinking what, what would, what would I feel like if God forbid, I thought that he was ever in danger. And I was like, feel that feeling and let it take over me. The fear, the anger, the anxiety, the distress, my heart would start pounding. And then once I really felt like that, then we were able to, then I was able to be in that moment and do the scene. Do you feel like you like, were going through any like grief, like just from losing your mother, like, and this character to have a losing her husband, like, were you, were you accessing grief or not really? Actually, yeah, a lot, a lot of the time. Um, there's one scene where I have to sing a song. And uh, did you see the movie? Oh, I saw it, yeah. So I, so I, I had to be, I had to start crying in the middle of the song. So I was like, what song is going to make me feel emotional? So I decided to sing mommy's favorite song, um, Rachel Mabaka. And because I was, I, I, I like put myself in that, like, this is my, this was my mother's favorite song that brought her so much joy and, and it brought her so much comfort. We sang it to her before she passed away in her hospital bed. And that was enough to really get me emotional for that scene. And mm-hmm. I took that to, I channeled that into being able to, to become emotional for that scene. Did you think that, was that like triggering for you or was that like cathartic for you? Like, did you feel like a sense of healing? Um, I don't think it was triggering. I think it, if it felt healing when I was able to tell the people around me why I chose that song, mm-hmm. why it made me emotional. That right. part made me feel validated that makes sense yeah was there a part of you that felt like triggered by by the character like it was it was a very intense movie it was very intense um yeah there were there was one time at the end of the movie where it was it was basically all leading up to her her biggest breakdown and Mm -hmm. I said to myself okay um basically when you're doing method acting a lot of times, I don't know if you know this, but there are method actors that actually take their characters so far that they lose control mentally and they think that they are the character even after the movie, even offset. Um, Isn't that what happened in uh, like a Batman with um, yeah. Ledger, right? Yeah, it ha- but you have no idea how often it happens. I mean, he's just one example. There are so many, so many examples. Um, a lot of times people are able to snap out of it, but sometimes they're actually not able to separate the character from their reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I told myself, so I knew, so, so it was like a risky game to play in a way, because I was like, I have to delve into these feelings, but I also don't want to be leave at the end of the day and still feel like those feelings are following me and not right. be able to get out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, what? I, I just said, listen, I'm going to do it for the character. I'm going to do it for the portrayal of, of the truthful way that this is, you know, the real, the reality of the situation. 
And I, I remember I just closed my eyes. A lot of it, a lot of the time during the movie, I would just um, pace back and forth. Cause for me, if, like, I'm very serious when I'm acting, I'm kind of a party pooper. Like a lot of people are like hanging out and schmoozing and I'm like writing notes. And I'm like, I'm like, la la la. <laughs> I'm like, doing right, like, you're so serious. Yeah, because you, you have to be, that's just right. how it works. You know, that's how you get into character. Um, and I remember pacing back and forth up and down the street because it was an out, it was an outdoor scene, just thinking in my head, all the negative thoughts, thinking of like a big hand coming down and grabbing me and taking away all of the good things, all the things that I worked hard for and grabbing me and like all the negative things that I ever thought about myself or ever said about myself in my head, putting them in, trying to get myself in this almost like shocked state. And so that was really hard. <laughs> to get out of it was just hard it was hard because I did so much work not to think those feelings right 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 and and like actively working against those feelings in your real life and then I was like okay open the gate and like and so that yeah that was really hard and thank god I was able to get out of it though thank god like but it it was definitely triggering for me it was definitely emotional did you have like a method like after the class to like sort of after the um the filming did you have like a method to like detox I guess from those thoughts yeah yeah I did I just tried to keep giving myself positive affirmations Mm -hmm. you're kind you're nice you're good you know you're strong just kept on trying to you know totally yeah I can see that being really triggering especially like the for me at least like the grief component and um I guess also like the the movie was really trying to shed light on a bigger issue in the in the from community and in so many layers not just that we like hush hush mental illness but we do it because of shidduchim or we do it because of um pride you know we do it because like the the women's role is like so super power ish superhero-ish that we like don't want to admit that we need help like so many layers that, that right. really were uncovered in that in that movie that Malky was trying to portray but also you as the actress or the main actress was trying to portray yeah it was like it was really intense and I think also the fact that I I have anxiety and it sometimes really takes over my life was it made me even more defensive like in Zahava's character um, and you know, if anyone said anything on set that was like, oh no, that's too dramatic. That, and I, you know, I would say, I would get defensive. I was like, that's not true. This is something that I've been through. I, this is how I would re- I believe this is truthfully how I would react in this situation. Right. And, you know, yeah. not everyone gets it. Right. Right. So you, like, you felt sort of like, um, a, a moral obligation to like show the character authentically so that the fr- like the from world or probably most the majority of the people watching are people in the from world probably a lot of people struggling with mental illness or know someone struggling with mental illness and like doesn't really know enough about it because either no one's talking about it or like yeah there's just a lot of stigma around it yeah there's so much and a hundred percent I felt a complete responsibility to portray this in a truthful way I felt like it would be a disservice a huge disservice to not do it in a truthful way and I was really happy that Malky made an age limit, like the youngest that you could watch it. I, I forget if it's 15, because I feel like it could have gotten lost on younger kids and it could have lost, you know, the, the, the strength that it was. I think it was really important that only the right people are watching it. 
Totally. Right. And, and your other movie also that we watched, um, Hello Tomorrow, was like so good. Um, and that was also like, you, I mean, you really got into character in that in that movie also. Yeah, that was a much different character. Yeah. And you weren't the main character because there were so many other girls. Yeah. This was like probably hours and hours of filming the, the Hush Hush video. Hush Hush was a lot of hours. And I also told them this at Cheskino. I also, in the middle of one of my filming days, had to get my appendix removed. So that was long. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you were in Brooklyn and you just like, and like you were just in terrible pain, right? And then they had to take you to the, to the ER. Oh, my God. It was crazy. Just... It was the weirdest thing. And then you just went right back to filming the next day? No, no not Thursday. the next day. <laughs> I remember, was it Thursday? Were you there the whole, like, Shabbos? No, maybe. No, no, I was there and then I got the surgery and then I went home the next day, but it was so out of nowhere. <laughs> Want to share that story? Is that just... It was just crazy. I was you just had like a weird pain. I was driving to Brooklyn and I, my stomach hurt and I was like, okay, I guess just I have like a stomachache. Like stomach stomach and I was just driving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just remembering this. The tag because okay. I just said you guys it's funny like, it's, not, it's not funny but it's like isn't it like everyone's fear when like you have like a sudden like intense pain you're like oh my god like if I didn't go to the hospital my appendix are gonna burst but you think you're like being dramatic right and I've totally done that before that's the funny part and I was like which side is my appendix on? Right. at first but it didn't feel like anything it felt like my stomach at first so yeah. I go I go to Maki Maki's the best I like lived in her house every time I film a movie a lot of nights we end late so I just end up sleeping at her house like I'm like she adopted me so She's very sweet she was also on the podcast she's the best Maki is the most special person so I go to her house. She's like, okay, makeup, hair, let's go. So I'm getting ready. And I'm like, oh, this does not feel right. I'm like sit on the couch and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like rest, take deep breaths. And Maki's like, okay, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, I think I can't do it. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, I can't get off the couch. And she's like, oh, let me help you. And like, we were trying to get up. And I was like, no, I, I can't get up, Maki. Like I'm in a lot of pain. Were you scared? At that point, I just thought I still had a stomach ache. Right. Or like, oh no, I thought I had food poisoning. Some you at a restaurant like, re- like the day before or something like that? I was racking my brain. I was like, what did I eat? What is going on? And I was like, it's for sure food poisoning. Like, it's fine, whatever. So she leaves to film a few scenes. And then she comes back a few hours later. She's like, okay, ready? And I was like, Monty, I'm not okay. So she's like, okay, go downstairs and rest. So I was resting and like, it was killing when I was laying on this side and that side. It was so sharp. But I'm also, I have a very high pain tolerance and do you, and I'm like a little scared of doctors. Yeah. So I didn't really want to admit that I knew something was wrong. So like, uh, it was the end of the day. Everyone was in such a good mood. Everyone's like, yay, day five of filming. And I'm like sitting on the couch, like (laughs) they're like trying to feed me pretzels. Like couldn't leave them. So mom is like, you have to go to urgent care. So I called my husband. I was like, I'm going to urgent care. At that point, I was in tears. I ran into the urgent care. If anyone saw a crazy lady screaming in the urgent care in Brooklyn, it was me. Was it worth, worse than labor? Way worse. Oh, God. Way worse. Oh, my gosh. I mean, whatever. I, I, I only I had a C-section, but right. whatever. So you were in labor. Um, yeah, but I was crying. Like they couldn't understand what I was saying. They're like, you need to say words. And I was like, bah, 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 bah. so like I went in. Shmaya drove in from Lakewood to take me. You were in Lakewood. 
I was Shmaya was in Lakewood. I was in Brooklyn. Shmaya, Shmaya drove all the way into into Brooklyn, and we went to the hospital. And of course, in the waiting room, nobody like believes you. They think you're traumatic. I was like sitting there screaming, and I was like, Yeah, okay, <laughs> like you're fine. It's like when you enter the hospital, you're giving birth, and you're like screaming your head. Like she's all I have thirty centimeters. Like, I'm literally dying, and I will kill you. You know. <laughs> They're like, oh, she's having a baby. <laughs> right. I told I told Ami recently, like. I'm like, they're so annoying. I'm really sorry if you're like a labor and delivery nurse. I guess they're like trying to like, <laughs> they're just so used to like screaming ladies, but they're like, when was the date of your last menstrual? Like, Does it really matter? I'm clearly in labor. <laughs> and then like, for some odd reason, like the hospital personnel, like just keep coming in, like, like What's a different your social nurse. security yeah, number. Like, can you just check my chart? Oh my God. Yes. Like that. It was literally that. They were like, what's your, what's your employer's phone number? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so terrible just so yeah terrible. but thank god it was fine it was oh, they, like, they knew in urgent care that you had that you had appendic- appendicitis they were pretty sure they're like okay you should probably go to the hospital so like they brought me to the hospital at one point i yelled at the nurse she screamed back at me she's like you're not allowed to talk to me like that and she kept pricking me and i was very nervous and i yeah, was like terrible, afraid I and i was wearing a mask because of covid oh god it's terrible and and then of course my husband got hungry so he had to go okay <laughs> I can't I can't the men the men and they're hungry I know I know should be so bizarre. he was like oh my back hurts I'm like, <laughs> it's like the episode on friends where like Ross wings his head and he's like you have no idea how much it hurts while Rachel's like in labor <laughs> basically yeah but it was really not, we're really knocking our husbands on this episode sorry <laughs> Ami but yeah, sorry. We love you. Love you, Shmaya. Oh my gosh. Was but Shmaya yeah. really hungry in the middle of your surgery? <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, it wasn't in the middle of my surgery. I was like sitting there in pain, waiting for like the drugs to kick in. And he's like, tomorrow I, I haven't eaten so many. I have to go get food. Oh my God. Whatever. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's behind you. So so they knew right away that it was appendicitis and they knew that. Yeah. Barb's stomach didn't burst or anything. Right. You were okay. It's just they had to like operate right away. Right. Were you put under? Like, were you awake? Yeah. No, no, no. I was put under. They did laparoscopic surgery. Oh my God. So then how long was the recovery? It was like for a person who didn't like just have a little toddler at home, probably like two weeks. But since I had like a toddler and was carrying things that I shouldn't have been carrying, like I wasn't fully resting. It took like five weeks. And then did you go right back to um, filming like a week or two later? later? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, but everyone was so helpful. They were like, okay, we're making sure that Tamar has water. Okay, make sure that she doesn't hold things. Like, yeah, everyone was taking care of me. And then after like a few weeks, you were totally fine. Yeah. Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm okay. (laughs) Oh God, that's really crazy. That is really crazy. I remember like Tati sent out a mass text and he's like, Tamar's okay. She just had surgery. (laughs) Hey. Yeah, no, Baruch Hashem was just an appendicitis. I'm really not complaining. Like, Baruch Hashem. Right, right. Baruch Hashem. Um, yeah, so I feel like we have, like, we could talk about a lot of things. It's a few, like, we're like 40 minutes in. But Whoa. I know, I know it's just when you're having so much fun, you know? I know, it's so fun to choose with you. Do you want to act, like, for the listeners, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, no. Not really. <laughs> do, you, do you still have your YouTube videos that we could hear? 
Oh my gosh, yes, I forgot all about it. When yes, you asked me, have I been acting? Yes, I've been acting since I was really young. I used to have, I mean, I still have a YouTube it, channel. I'm not going to disclose You're that information. Disclose, but you, you, you made us all laugh. I did. I think my videos had like eight um, views and they were my parents. <laughs> we, we could increase them now, you know, like 20 years later. No, the truth is mommy and Tati thought they were hilarious. So that was worth it. They were hilarious. <laughs> and I'm sure they still are. You got to send them to the chat tonight. I would say, yeah, good times, good times. I think it would be interesting to hear your take on the whole intuitive eating. I, I don't I don't think we, we talk about it a lot, but like, what's your take on like the intuitive eating body image piece of my work? I think, well, I've seen you like start from the beginning, right? So like, I remember when you were just going for nutrition, like when you became a dietitian and you weren't specializing in um, intuitive eating. And I feel like just seeing your, like your timeline, I feel like this is something that you connect with in such a genuine way. And you're really able to help people with it because you believe in it. It's like your baby, like you believe in it so much that I feel like that in itself is such a strong thing that you give over to your clients. You know, it works, you know, it's the real deal, you know, it's the healthiest thing for our bodies. And it's, it gives over, you make people want to do it because you just, you, there's like an ease with which you, you present it and with which you do it yourself. So I think that like seeing you take on the role of the, like intuitive eating is really amazing. Um, I definitely think that it's, that it's a good, that it's really good practice. Um, having had some of my own issues with eating as a teenager and losing weight and body image. Um, I think that having been educated in intuitive eating at a younger age would have really, really helped. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. Like, like if we, like, I love the way that you teach your kids the way that you present food is like, there's no good foods or bad foods. There's just food and food that nourishes like growing food. Like I teach Montessori. That's what they call, they call it growing food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you teach them and it's not like candy is forbidden. Right. You know, and it's kind of all just equal, but it's, it's in a healthy way that creates a healthy eating pattern. And I think it's really, I think it's really special. I think it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Like you mean, because like, like the I know, like for so for some for so many people and like our our family members, which like I'll talk about, is like it's still hard to give up like the notion of like weight loss or like the the thin ideal or like the perfect body because like we're so inundated with that in our culture. And I would I don't want to say especially in the Jewish community because I don't even think that's true. I think people in the Jewish community tend to think it's worse in the Jewish community. I think it probably uh, the same or or less in the Jewish community. But I think that we're all sort of like struggling because we think like it doesn't match like Jewish values, you know? Yeah. I, and what, uh, expand on what you're saying. What doesn't match Jewish values? Like, like I, I was just talking to somebody about this. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was, but I was just saying, maybe it was on Shabbos. I, w- I met somebody new at, at Yeshiva and I was saying that like, of course it's important to like look good or look your best or feel good about yourself or like do things that make you feel good. Like whether it's getting your shape done or your makeup or going shopping for new clothing, but like the thin ideal or like, I don't even want to say the thin ideal because now the um, the curvy body is more like the ideal body um, type. Like not like, 
it's like very busty but also like a very thin waist that's like it, like like basically like the um the hourglass the hourglass but like with a really thin waist and like the body that like nobody has naturally like they're right. you know right yeah and I was just saying that like it's not a Jewish ideal to meet the beauty standards of society you know like that doesn't really right. go like it makes sense I think that where people get uh, like a little bit sidetracked with intuitive eating is they're like oh like you think like looks don't matter at all like that's so unrealistic I didn't I never said that looks don't matter I think looks are really important and like putting yourself together in a way that feels good is important but when it comes to like manipulating your body into a way that it will never look like that's where people just like feel so inadequate and like feel like they will never be good enough or like they're like even like let's say plastic surgery or I'm not I'm not against what people decide to do I'm just saying that like that's like should you work your whole life to fix your body or should you like spend time making peace with how your body looks and obviously within within like um also taking care of your body or doing things that make you feel beautiful but like within I guess like normal range you know yeah it's really hard also especially nowadays because with with all the pictures that are just being thrown in our face right I I actually I tell me if you agree with this but I feel like there's a movement right now on Instagram where people are taking their filters off and being much more honest about the way that they look well I think that there was was a big movement to show like this is what I look like with filters and this is what I look like without filters and then once more people were doing that they were like oh wow like I'm really distorting people's sense of reality and that's just like this that's like the whole I guess one of the biggest problems of Instagram or just social media in general is like the curated view. I saw, yeah. I saw a really funny picture today. I'll try to find it for you. It was like somebody hiking and it was like me hiking and it was like her being dragged, right? Like by her friend, she was literally being like on the floor dragged. And then <laughs> the picture posted was like her overlooking like a beautiful waterfall. And it was like so <laughs> funny because like that really could happen. Like it happens every day. Like my kids are screaming and they're throwing the food on the floor and then I'm posting like them sitting eating for that one second you know like and that's uh, that's the distortion of reality so like same thing with filters you know 100% and it's so much more again people can do whatever they want they want to get fillers that's great but it's so much more common to to um to change the way that you look medically it's so much more accepted. It's so much more common. And I feel like that just cheapens the fact like that. That's just taking us further away from loving the way that we look naturally. It's just cheapening it. You know, who, like who knows what's real, what's fake. That's just one you, you don't even know anymore. Right. And like, that's the thing. People's goals are to have a nose that looks like this, that she got surgery. Your nose will never look like that. Right. Your nose will never look like that. She has fillers. Like, and it's what we're seeing. And it's what we're, our minds are just like, it's going over in our heads. I notice it myself every time I feel like, you know what, I have to stop. I delete Instagram for a little bit because I'm like, this is so not real. This is fake. Right. Right. It is really hard. And I know, like, I, I think I'm the only one in our family that's on Instagram. And like, I always like whenever you say like, oh, I'm not on anymore, I was wasting too much time or like some of my sister-in-laws, I'm like, wow, like, I really commend you. Like, I, it's hard for me because I, I use it for my business, but like, right. I think to myself, like, oh, it's not affecting me, but of course it is. Like also just watch it. Like this year we didn't go on vacation and just like watching everyone's vacation. Like it's, I don't have to watch them. Like that's my choice, but like, it's really triggering. Obviously we don't know the whole story, but like, right you know, there is still like that, 
they say like sensory input, like the things that you see versus like what you tell yourself, like we were talking about before, like the positive affirmations are, is like the strongest thing. So even if you're telling yourself, oh, like I know that they like hate each other that couple, which is like a terrible thing to say anyways, like you still, <laughs> you're still watching them on a cruise and you're like, oh, their life is perfect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like so easy to get lost in someone else's fake reality. Right. Right. It's like, it's so, it's so bad. And also I always think about it. I'm like, if someone feels the need to be posting this, then obviously something in their life is missing. So I shouldn't feel, you know, I, I should, I shouldn't feel jealous of that. Right. Also, like, I think that this is just like a tangent, I guess, but like the thing that helps me a lot when like, I feel like, let's say like, I notice like, oh, my body for sure doesn't match the thin ideal or like, like, it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm 31, but like when I was 21, like when I first got married, I like, everyone was like, oh, you're so young. You have a baby. And now it's like, oh yeah, you're really old. Like, like you, like you get older, like, and you don't think you're ever going to get older. You don't think you're ever going to look older, but like, I look at my wedding pictures. I'm like, whoa, like I'm 10 years older, you know, not to scare you. But then I think about like (laughs) women who like, I really look up to or men I look up to. And it's like, obviously they get older, like looks fade. Right. Right. Like the way that I feel about them has really nothing to do with how they look. Like, I think, I guess that's like all part of like, maybe why Hashem does that. Like you look much different when you're younger than when you're older. Like you develop more as like an internal person as you age, you know? Right. Like your beauty is more within. Right. So like, I think that when you, when you focus on the way that you look, you also focus on the way other people look and you give like more credit to the way they look. Right. I'm not like, I'm not like, I'm not like one of those people that say like, oh, it's not important how people look. I don't think that. I just think that like, it's like what you focus on is what's important to you. A hundred percent. I think that, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think that people totally take first impressions of what people look like and treat them. People get treated differently because of the way that they look. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I, I think it's really sad. Right. Um, but also I wanted to tell you that like, I've, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and I, I hear a lot of the things that you say, I really think about. And I remember you, like one thing that you really talk about is not complimenting someone on their, on their weight or pointing out, like, I see you lost weight. You look so good. Mm -hmm. Someone just told me, my gosh, this was really upsetting. She said that she just, she was on a medication that made her gain weight and she lost some weight and someone very close to her said, wow, I see your beauty coming back. I, that's so sad. That's like, I can't even like, honestly, I would have punched them in the face, yeah. but that's like really out, that's out of control. Yeah. That's like so unacceptable. And I feel like there are so many times when like, you, and now, now I think about it, like I'm about to compliment someone and be like, you lost weight, you look so good. And I'm like, you don't know what this person's going through. You don't know what made them lose weight. You don't know anything. Just don't say it. Compliment right. something else. Right. Tell them you right. like their hair. Tell them like their bag. Right. It doesn't have to, because I'm, I'm help, in a way I'm being much more sensitive to them. And I'm also being sensitive and aware of myself. Mm-hmm. Being, I'm unconditioning something that's been so conditioned inside of me. Right. 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 To comment on someone's outward appearance and like, being around you also really make like I used to always ask you did I lose weight did I lose weight and then remember you're like tomorrow 
honestly, I don't look at that. You, I'm not even the right person to ask because I do not see, you basically don't see, you're just, you said, you, I don't see it. I, I, I don't judge people like that. That's not what I look at in a person. I look at their inner beauty and who they are. So like, I can't get, I can't tell you. Um, and I, that really stuck with me because I think that that's such a, I think that that's really how people should be looking at other people. I think that if we valued what was really important, we wouldn't have such a weak crisis and such a, such a, you know, a twisted idea of looks and what, what's important. Like if only we could all just look at each other as like our hearts. Mm -hmm. I know it's a little dramatic, but no, but it's really like, it's, it's really something that I try to practice also like you never know my another girl was just telling me um I was I saw her and I was like oh my gosh she's so skinny she's she's sick mm -hmm. you yeah. never you just never know like just don't say it even if you want to say it don't say it right right I have a lot to say on that but I have to think about what exactly what you just said to sequence out my answer but I know like I I hear that all the time because like clients or followers will post and be like oh someone just complimented my weight loss I have like really bad xyz and it's like so triggering for them like they're sick like they're being complimented about their about their illness um or like vice versa like you said like that person gains weight from the medication and like people don't want to go on certain medications because they don't want to alter their looks and gain weight because that's like god forbid you know like the worst possible thing ever um but but yeah you made a really good point by saying like that you don't want to mentioned that they lost weight not just for them but also for yourself because that reinforces like that again like that thin ideal or that like weight loss means good weight loss is always good like weight loss is like the end all and be all like at all costs you know yeah yeah and also it's funny that you said that about like what I told you like when you asked me if I lost weight because like I a lot of times clients will bring up like what should I do like my sister always talks about this and my mother always talks about this and I'm like I'm surrounded by it too like, it's not like I have a, surrect, a, a, a protective bubble around me. Like, I, I, I kind of try to say that on my Instagram also. Like, like kids will come home and be like, I'm so fat. Like, trying to joke and make fun of, like, fat people. And I'll be like, don't, like, shush them. Like, talk about it. Like, don't shush people if they want to talk about it and you feel comfortable to talk about it. Like, get the tools, get the knowledge. Like, make a start a conversation. Like, the same thing with, like, hush, hush. Like, people will bring up things about mental illness and say, things that stigmatize it and like instead of like shutting them down I mean like you really shouldn't say that like then the person just feels like demonized or they feel shamed like like we could we all have like that's part of why I do what I do is like to educate people like it's not an easy thing to say to your si sibling like actually like I'm not gonna answer that you know like I'm not gonna it feels uncomfortable but like I think that part of I think why intuitive eating is like so special to me is because it really does sort of like um challenge those limiting beliefs that we've all sort of like absorbed throughout our life you know yeah another thing that I, that I really appreciated that you taught me was so I just recently was was struggling because my body's not the same as it was before I had Zacharia and you know when your phone pops up like a picture from three years ago yeah and like people look at our wedding pictures and they're like oh my gosh you guys were so thin and I'm like thanks so um I was I was like I wrote on Instagram that I'm taking a poll um, of people who, what it, like, what are things that you can say to yourself about your new body? And I got some really good responses. Um, one thing that I remember that you said was, it's okay. Someone said this also, like, 
I, I love my baby and I, that's what I think about. My scars are battle scars. And, um, but I also do really miss my old body. And mm-hmm. I remember you said that one time that it's okay to say that. And that was such like, that was such a validating thing. Like you don't have to pretend that you don't miss the way that you used to look. You know what I mean? Right. You don't have to right. lie to yourself and say like, no, I, I never enjoyed looking like that because right. at the end of the day, you might have enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to mourn something that you don't have anymore. Right. Um, and I think that's really important for people to know. Like it's like, like it's just like, I also noticed it. Like I was always you don't realize how old you are. Like I'm 24. And I was like, why am I not the same weight as I was when I was 17? And I was like, Oh wait, that was a really long time ago. And I didn't have a job and I didn't have a kid and I didn't have a husband and I didn't have a house or a life. I didn't have any responsibilities. Right. So it's just like, it's, yeah, it was like, it was nice to hear that support that people are like people. Yeah. Nobody was like, Oh, how could you say that? Everyone was like, yeah like I have to tell myself it's okay you know I have to remind myself that you know good things came out of it it's just Mm -hmm. you know it's nice to know that we have those feelings of sometimes we have those hard feelings that come back but you can combat them with with positive things yeah I think that like actually like like maybe a year or two into the intuitive eating like work that I was doing I remember like clients bringing that up a lot and being like I love intuitive eating but like I hate the way I look or like do I really have to accept a fat body or do I really have to accept a bigger body and I was like I felt so like attacked and like I remember talking to supervisors about it like being like I'm really helping them I'm really like failing them you know what am I doing wrong and they're like no 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 like you're just sitting with them in their pain and discomfort and validating that pain I mean like that's like one of the biggest components of therapy not that I'm a therapist but like because of what I do with intuitive eating you can't really separate body image and it's like just being there to be like yeah it's really hard and like it is really triggering when your your family member brings that up every single holiday that you're with them or like yeah like that will probably happen and it will probably hurt you know like just holding that space really right right not pretending that it doesn't exist right 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 going back to the hush hush um situation like the the movie that you did like sometimes it's just like allowing there to be like an imperfection in in your life or in the world and like being okay with that that's like acceptance you know I always say like this is the acceptance piece like this is like something we're probably never going to change but like we're going to like actively accept you know yeah anyways um this was so much fun tomorrow you have to come back on and do your acting okay (laughs) um but where could people reach out to you find you or like could they see your movie yes you can see my movie um it is they sell it in jewish stores so like gourmet glot um evergreen bingo has it and um i'm trying to think where else has it can they get it online i don't think it's online so sometimes malky will will stream it but like Mm -hmm. you'll she'll have it on her instagram she'll put out like yeah, she'll put it out to, for you to see. Um, but as of now, it's in Ju- it's basically in Jewish stores, Jewish Judaica stores. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to reach out, I'm on Instagram. You can always message me. I'm Tamar Garnick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always like. Also, one of my dreams is to 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 film actually. So, you know, I, I love connecting with people and hearing people's stories. So, yeah. If people want you to be their actress, they can reach out to you. No, or even if they just want to tell their story. Tell their story, yeah. 
Okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah, everybody has a story. Everybody has a story, 100%. I like to do it through writing, but it's really yeah. fun to watch. Oh, right. You like to write. I know that. I love to write. Maybe we could, you know, collaborate. Yeah. I still want to have you like help me with the reels. Like, I don't really know how to make reels, but like, remember I told you, like, a client sort of like, told me like this whole story and I was like let's act it I asked her permission and you were like yeah let's do it let's do that yeah let's do it okay my next part I don't know how to do reels though anyone listening to this knows how to do reels please notify show Gina us <laughs> show her I even Joan. okay I can figure this out um yeah but next next time we'll see tomorrow we'll be on my next reel as my actress yes okay thanks so much Sam Love you. Thanks for having Thank me you. on. I'm so happy that we were able to do it. Yes, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.